All right, guys, welcome back to the third out. We do apologize. It did take us a little bit to get this episode out there. As you know, life happens. You know, two college students, you know, kind of hit a wall there. And you know, we're only a few weeks into the semester, but you know, Bryson's almost done. I'm just starting out. Motivation's already already making us procrastinate till the end of the week. Absolutely. But it doesn't take long in the semester to get into that hole, but we I think it's not that bad. It was a rough week, but next two weeks, next three weeks, at least for me, are looking pretty good. Going to be a little lighter. So, yeah, you know, Bryson's in seat taking courses, so he kind of doesn't have the option to have confidence or uh, motivation to do his work. I'm doing online. It's already as soon as the as soon as semester started, motivation to do work was gone for me. But you know, we'll get back into the swing of things here. All right, we got a pre packed show for you here today uh you know we got, do a closer. it is yeah cutting it close you know got one wednesday so here we go we're gonna go nl central a little bit we got a little mlb news to start off with and we're gonna roll into uh former mvp or future mvp there to close it out for a game Bryson, what do you expect from the show today Think we got a good one laid out. Um, we're gonna crack down a little bit on what the postseason might look like. Um, obviously, the NL Central is gonna have it's one of the few divisions that's coming down to the wire more than any other division. Uh, so it's gonna be a, a lot of fun to talk about. Really, the whole show kind of revolves around the NL Central in a way, but yeah, we'll get into pretty, that a little bit more later. Pretty much there. We'll jump right into it here with MLB news just coming out here that Trevor Bauer will not return to the Dodgers for this season. Uh, the suspension is likely coming next season there. This is a, it's not a major blow there for the Dodgers as he has been out pretty much the whole season there. Uh, so it's nothing new there for the Dodgers playing without one of their aces. This team has so many aces now with the uh, trade for Max Scherzer. Um, but you kind of feel like that they wouldn't have Max Scherzer if Trevor Bauer weren't missing, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, but just, I mean, just imagine for a second what this team could be with Trevor Bauer and Max Scherzer and Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw and Urias. Um, that would be, you know, four Cy Youngs and a, and a young guy. It's really special. But, um, yeah, they're – they're not really going to miss him that much, all things considered. You know, you take every good player you can get, but they're exactly. stacked in the rotation. Yeah, they're not going to miss a beat there. I mean, they've been playing most of the season without him. You know, as you said, they've got all those star pitchers anyway here. So, with that being said, you know, Bauer's out for the rest of the year. We're going to hop right into the NL Central here. You know, we got the current uh, standings. Uh, these were as, These were accurate as of – Friday, uh, we we're going to shoot. So accurate as of today. Okay, so I figured it was. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, Since Friday, the Cardinals and the Reds have had a three-game series against each other, and the Cardinals gained one game out of the two-game lead. But yeah, yeah I knew the, it was the standings are starting the same still. Awesome there. Yeah, so you got Milwaukee, and if I could speak, you got Milwaukee there one, Cincinnati two. St. Louis coming in third, Chicago there at fourth, and then we got Pittsburgh coming in there at the end there at number five. Uh, you know, this is probably one of the most competitive, you know, uh, divisions in the MLB right now. You know, you got three – or really those middle two at two and three, Cincinnati and St. Louis are really pushing towards the playoffs. You know, Milwaukee, you know, one of the best teams in the league, so they're, they're a lot, but – you know, Cincinnati and St. Louis, this uh, this series right here may decide who gets in the playoffs between the two of them. That's as tight as a race can get coming down to the end of the season between these two teams. I imagine, you know, we got, what, two, three weeks left. Mm -hmm. imagine it's going to stay the same the rest of the way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have a Cincinnati team that's uh, really pushing – Really pushing they're playing well. They lost a few games, but I mean the two we'll get into a little bit more, but the two schedules for these two teams totally different. Yeah. You know, one's one's one of the easiest and one's one of the hardest. 
there. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into our predictions here. Uh, it's, it's exactly the same. Yeah, the exact same. I, I thought about, hey, you know, we might do a little, you know, our uh, usual with these PowerPoints to affect. Start so, the bottom, yeah, start the bottom, work our way up. I got through it and I was like, these aren't changing. Might as well just keep it the same here. But we will talk down there at the bottom at number five, coming in at Pittsburgh. Uh, Bryson, what do you got about? Got anything to say there about Pittsburgh, how their season's going? Anything? It's like all that? about the future. It's all about the future with Pittsburgh. Exactly. Um, they are 36 games behind the Brewers. Um, so, obviously, this season has not gone well for them, but they traded away. Um, one of their all-stars, Adam Frazier, we know that. Um, Brian Reynolds, my lights went out because they are sensor motion detected. Um, I'll change that in a second. Um, Brian Reynolds leads the team in offense, and I think he is one of the most underrated young stars in the league. He's, a, he's 26 years old. Um, the, the problem is they've just had no offense outside of that Um Adam, excuse me, um, Brian Reynolds has 22 home runs, and the next most home runs on the team is eight. Yeah. So it drops from 22 to eight. And Brian Reynolds isn't even like a home run hitter type guy. He's an average. You know, yeah. He is for average. He's the top of your lineup type guy. Yeah, he's uh, not somebody that's going out there hitting yeah. 40 home runs a year. Yeah, so you got Colin Moran and Jacob Stallings behind him with eight home runs, and Moran is 28 years old, and Stallings is 31 years old. So that's not their future. No. Not their future at all. No, um, not at all. A name to keep on the table is the young guy. It's Kevin Newman. That might be one people kind of forget about. Um, the young person that everybody's looking forward to, though, is Brian Hayes. Um, he has been hurt a little good bit this season, and he's kind of cold right now. But he's gone through some hot stretches, but five home runs, 255 average. And he's played over half the season. He's got 81 games. But he has a bright future um, despite what he's doing right now. Um, it's hard to look at their future because you really have to dig deep into their into their like farm system to find it. It's not like Miami. Like Miami already has their starting pitchers in the MLB that are really young and doing well. Like they have no – pitchers in the MLB that are like a part of their future. Like they have David Bender in the bullpen and that's it. Their entire rotation as the ERA is over four and half the guys are old. So it's yeah. really a question mark as to what their future even holds. Like we don't even know if their prospects are any good. Yeah. Especially uh, they don't have any top prospects that are even close to being MLB ready at this point. Um, yeah. I mean, you pretty much said it all there at Pittsburgh. I mean, you kind of hit all those points. No offense, no pitching. I mean, it's pretty much – they don't really have a lot going for them at all there besides those couple bright spots there. Um, you know, we'll have to see what – if that Adam Frazier trade, you know, if they really got anything out of that as a player, probably won't be in the MLB for a couple of years. Um, then and Bender's the only guy they have really coming out of the bullpen. You know, the – Moran and Stallings, you know, they're a little bit on the older side. They're not out of their prime yet, but they definitely aren't at the point of their prime where the uh, where Pittsburgh wants them right now to really build towards the future. So those are probably trade pieces going down the road. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all you can say about Pittsburgh. I mean, they're pretty much – I mean, there's not much you can say. That moves us up to number four. We got the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Uh, well, they're uh, they're definitely sellers there at that deadline. We'll have to see if all that if all those trades were really worth it. I mean, they got rid of Rizzo, uh, Bryant, Bryant. E everybody. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Bryant came back to Wrigley. You know, this past week, and you could see the emotion on his at his first at bat. Uh, he 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 wasn't wanting to leave, so you know maybe they maybe they can get a couple of those guys back. 
But, you know, totally different team there in Chicago from the start of the season and now. Uh, they're definitely playing towards the future as well. Um, you know, they, they got some pretty good replacements for some of the players, but, you know, they're, they're pretty old still right at this point. You know, they, they're either really old players or they're really young there for the Cubs. You know, there's not, not a whole lot in between there. Uh, so what do you got, got there, Bryson? Yeah, so they're obviously a completely new team. They're 24 games behind Milwaukee. Yeah. But they have shown signs of being still really competitive. Yeah. But it's confusing to me because it's still an old team. Like, yeah, they got rid of the stars, but the guys that they have that are performing right now are up there in age. So Yeah, exactly. Some of That's what I was players, You got Patrick Wisdom, who's taking off. Um, he's got 25 home runs in 90 games, and he's got an OPS of 842. So he has become a leader and, like, a, a really good part of this team. Um, you got Ian Happ, who we've known about for a while, and he is probably the most confusing player to me in the MLB, and I never wanted to have to do a breakdown on him. Um, but he's having just a mediocre year, 21 home runs, 735 OPS. But, I mean, we've seen him put up MVP numbers, and we've seen him be – well below average in the league, and yeah. I don't know how with him. Uh, obviously, Wilson Contreras, one of the stars that's still left there, um, supposed to be a prodigy behind the plate, but he, last I checked, he led the MLB in errors. Um, I don't trust him that much behind the plate, yeah. but he's got a cannon of an arm, so we'll yeah, he's, there, I guess. Yeah, he's hit or miss there. He's either, you know, gold glove guy or he's eight. You can't block the plate at all. Yeah. You got um then we start moving into some of the guys that are old and that are performing really well. Cause you got Rafael Ortega, who has jumped in and has started playing really well. He's got an 823 OPS, which is phenomenal. And he's 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Like this is the guys, these are the guys that were replacing Bryant with and stuff like that. You have Schwindel at first base replacing Rizzo, and he's looking good. He's hitting a 354 with a 1.066 OPS. Yeah, that's, that's pretty insane. good. But he's 29 years old, so he's basically like the same age as Rizzo. So like you're trying to like exchange and get this youth in there. They're not. Yeah, it, I mean, the prospects just aren't ready yet. But like they have yeah. these guys that are old that are still performing really well, and they're no names. Yeah. Um, you got Hendricks with the ERA over four, so obviously not getting the year out of him that they want. Um, the, the whole starting rotation is really struggling. Yeah, uh, I think that's probably why they dropped down a little bit, is cause, just because their rotation. Yeah. yeah, you didn't see them trade any starters because they didn't have any starters worth trading, really. Yeah, I mean, you, obviously Hendricks is good, but he has not been this year. Yeah, you wouldn't have got much out of him. I mean, his ERA is over four. Yeah. So. Um, Again, the bullpen just having the same problems as the, the offense. You got Rowan Wick, who's 28 years old, is one of their more solid pieces. Um, again, that's up there in age because the rebuilding team, those guys over the 27 year old mark, 27 is a good age, 28 and up is like they're probably not going to be around when this whole rebuilding process is done. Yeah, unless somehow they pull a quick rebuild and are out of it in two years. Yeah. Which, granted, some of which, granted, they might. Uh, you know, but they might nothing else. Some of these guys are becoming trade assets. Yeah. A good yeah. sign. And like, that's the thing, like Pittsburgh, like Pittsburgh. Yeah. They're trying to build a youth, but they don't have the ability to trade assets to get youth. Like yeah. the Pirates didn't have anybody worth trading. Cubs have a lot of guys worth trading here. Like we're talking about Rizzo's replacement may actually find his himself a spot in the league somewhere. Yeah. I mean, like, that's spectacular if you're looking at it from that perspective. Um, but the last bullpen piece I want to bring up is Cody Hugh. He is probably one that will stick around. He's 25 years old. Um, he has a .9 ERA, only 17 games, but that's still really good for him. So that is one bright piece to their future. Yeah, and, already in yeah and 25, that's that's a good age to yeah. really start blooming. you probably got – yeah. I believe 26 and 27 are the ages of an MLB prime. Yeah, so he's he's entering that there. So then that'll take you up to your team, Bryson. 
The Cardinals. Yep. Yeah, this pains me that they're at number three. It really does. Yeah, I'm going to let you talk about this one because you know way more about the Cardinals than I do at this point. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, I do. Um, I have an optimistic outlook on the team right now. Um, all things considered, it is the schedule that kills me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Reyes in the bullpen, and he has been struggling. Our whole bullpen has struggled with control. Um, so Reyes, he struggled there for a little while after he set that record for the most consecutive saves to start a career or whatever that record was. He went downhill immediately after that record. Um, and we're kind of seeing him turn it around finally, finally right now as he entered that series against the Reds. Um, but then we had, um, Gallegos, um, has become significantly less effective because he was a great setup man. And now he's got a 3.38 ERA. But a lot of the bullpen struggles for me have come from the starting pitching, which has been so injured. I think we had five starting pitchers on the IL at one point, which was literally our two, three, four, five, and six starting pitchers. And Wainwright, I guess he's not really our number one, but Wainwright's been the only guy that's been there all year. Um, but Wainwright has been really strong to 2.98. There's just been nobody behind him consistently. Um, yeah, because as soon as somebody gets in a groove, they get hurt. Yeah, I mean nobody. So yeah, yeah. So the the basically the injuries from the starting rotation has put so much pressure to, to like try to like the Cardinals always bring up good starting pitchers from their farm system, but we've had to have four pitchers from our farm system in our rotation at one time this season. Yeah. So and that's kind of no way you can get that much, and that's really taxing the bullpen because the starters aren't getting those innings because Wayne is the only one eating them. Yeah. So that yeah. That kill. And that kills those, uh, those players confidence when they're getting tossed in there too early and they're getting lit up. Yeah. So to break down kind of the starting rotation problems and where they stand right now, um, Carlos Martinez, who has been the second most healthy in our rotation behind Wayne, Wright, Went to the 60 day. I, IL, I believe it was Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I have yesterday written on my PowerPoint, but yeah, um, it, it was yesterday when it was written for yeah. Thursday. It's not Thursday now, but yeah, yeah. very recently moved to the 60 day IL. Um, Flaherty is currently on the 10 day IL, and his presence is crucial to come back. Um, Dakota Hudson was put on the 60 day IL about a week ago. Um, Jordan Hicks is someone that you'd love to see in the bullpen, but it's not going to happen this season, really. Uh, Miles Michaelis needs to pick it up because he's finally off the aisle. He just hasn't hit his stride yet. So that is the problems for the pitching staff for the Cardinals. Then we can move over to the offense, and the offense is finally looking like we want it to look. Um, Arenado, O'Neill, and Goldschmidt are becoming a formidable uh, middle of the lineup there. Um, three guys together that you just really can't get around. And I love to see them heating up at the same time because they've been hot and cold at different times this season. So it's good to have them all going together. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan Carlson and Harrison Bader are two of the better outfield pieces that we've had in recent years, consistency wise. Uh, we've struggled to keep good outfielders in the Cardinals organization. Uh, Tommy Edmond is one of my favorite players. Uh, just because of the way he plays the game as a leadoff hitter. Um, I'd love to break him down someday. Just the way he, uh, like, he's not the fastest guy in the lead, league, but he's fast. He can play every position, um, hits for average, very special player. Mm-hmm. Edmundo Sosa is doing well when he's gotten a chance, but he doesn't get that many chances because Paul DeYoung is the shortstop. And Paul DeYoung is doing terrible. Um, that is when our biggest uh, – our biggest pain in the offense is shortstop, and that's Paul DeYoung um, sitting 197. So it's absolutely terrible right now. Uh, Lars Newtbar, um, one of the greatest young players in the MLB by everybody's standards, not because of the way he plays, but just because of his name. Uh, he has to be mentioned here because of that, but he had a very hot week about two weeks ago. Uh, but outside of that one week, he hasn't done as much. But he's a very exciting player the way he plays the game again. 
you know, very fast, great, just a very smart player. Um, so that said, I mean, that's, that's our output. That's what we've done. Uh, we've beat the Reds in two out of three. Mm-hmm. And it's the remaining schedule that's going to kill us, though. We have it written yeah. down here. We've got three games at the Mets. It's not the worst. We have three games against the Padres. That's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, seven games against the Cubs will be, you know, decently easy. Yeah. And then it's going to get right. You're going to have some trouble there, but it is uh, a team who's struggling a little bit more. What's going to get the Yeah. Yeah, those setting us a burrow test was going to kill them. Yeah, uh, the, and the Cardinals have played so poorly against the Brewers all season. Like we can, we can play well against the Reds, and mm-hmm. we probably can play well against the Padres, but we can't play well against the Brewers to save our lives this season. Yeah, and it's weird because you all have played very well against like teams like the Dodgers and teams like the Giants this season as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you just I think we were talking about the other day. I mean, you all, I believe, have winning records against both of those teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, granted, you you don't play them as often, but still, I mean, those are ball clubs that, at least right now, look significantly better than you, than uh, the Cardinals do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to get to the Reds' remaining schedule here in a minute, but the Reds don't play seven games against the Brewers. As a matter of fact, they play no games against the Brewers. So they don't don't really have their full schedule in a second, but we'll look at those two side by side a little bit more. But that's really what it comes down to is that is a lot of games when you have, let's see, you got 20 games left in the season and seven are against the team you struggle against the most. Yeah. All right. So we move on now to the Reds. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, I have nothing to add to that. I mean, you, I would just be repeating the exact same thing that you said there. Yeah, yeah so that brings yeah. us up to the Reds here. Uh, you know, the Reds are one of those teams that kind of surprised me a little bit. I didn't expect – I, you know, they had just been not bad, but they have been, you know, mediocre for the last, I don't know, five years or so. Wouldn't you say that about that? But – yeah, they've gone up and down. They'll have a, a year where they make a run at the playoffs, and then they're bad, and then they're mediocre, and then yeah. they start second again. Yeah, they're they're definitely not consistent. They're not consistently bad. They're not consistently good there. But I think they the Reds finally got some youth into them. You know, they finally got they have that or they have a NL Rookie of the Year candidate there in India. I mean, he he's a pretty he's a pretty special player. I mean. I haven't got to see him play a lot, but from what I've been able to see him play, he looks pretty good. Um, you know, pitching is what is what's going to get the Reds, I think, though. Um, there they have uh, – it's pretty much their bullpen. Uh, you got Henry, Grant, Sims. They're all over 35 games in ERAs. Over six, except for Sims there. Sims got 4.9. So that's pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, and those are the, the, the bullpen pieces they rely on the most are getting rocked. Yeah. I mean, their starters aren't bad. I mean, their starters are pretty decent, I think. I mean, they're yeah. not they're not amazing, but you know, they get the job done. They're pitching six innings at least. This is um, the opposite of the Cardinals. The, yeah. the starting pitchers are having to take extra innings because they can't rely on the bullpen. Yeah. Which and that's pretty and that's not something you want to really do with the season this long, especially with run going to playoffs because these pitchers' arms are going to be toasted by the time they get to October. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, but they're playing pretty well because, I mean, the only bad thing is Costello, he's got to be pitching. He's got to be their ace, and his ERA is only at 4.2. Yeah. Uh, they need him to pick it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nevada, it's, I think feel like he's been there for 25 years, it seems like. As long as I've been watching baseball, he's been playing there. It seems like he, he's, he's probably about 40 years old, isn't he? Something I like that. I don't think he's that bad, that old. I don't know. It may, I don't know why, but it, he just seems like he's super old. But you know, he's having a, a very good year he's this 38. year. 
30. Yeah, I knew it was close. I didn't know if he was quite the 40, but yeah, I mean, but he's playing like he's got a lot of left left in the tank right now. Uh, at least the second half of the season, he's been playing really well. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been having those stretches where he's gone five to eight games in a row, hitting home runs every game. You know, he's he's not he's playing more games this year than I think he has in the past, uh, which is kind of surprising at his age. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Reds have really – they're really making a push there for that spot in the playoffs. Um, it's going to be close to see if they get it or not. Um, they're, uh, they're fighting with uh, the Padres there. They're currently tied. Yeah, I want to say they were uh, – last time we were talking, they were a half game back. They're tied now. It's going to be close to see if they can get it. Um, they're going to take it. I do too. Um, you know, just the way the Padres, I think, uh, Padres have been playing there. Yeah, they're tied there. And then St. Louis is a, is a game back too. Um, yeah. But a, a team to look out for to come up and snag that spots Philadelphia as well. Philadelphia is three, three and seven in the last 10 games, though. That's the problem with Philly. Yeah. That's Philly is going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Now, Philly's two, two and a half games back. I think their schedule is getting a little easier there down the stretch. Now. That's the only thing. Philly has the easiest 10 this season, I believe. Yeah, I think it goes – or at least in when we did it, when we were talking about it, Philly and Cincinnati are two very similar. As we're talking about schedules, might as well talk about the Reds there. You know, they got got to finish up their three-game series with the Cardinals. And then they have nine against Pittsburgh. Sorry. Nine games against Pittsburgh. Then you got three against the Dodgers, which they've been, they have played pretty decent against the Dodgers. And that's a at home series as well. Yeah. And they play four, they got four against the Nationals, and then they're going to close it with two against the White Sox. So yeah. that's not an order. I believe they close it with the Pirates. Or, yeah, just somewhere around in there. But yeah, yeah. So look at it this way: How many hard games do you see upcoming on the Reds' schedule? So yeah, the, the really, the only really tough game they have those games against LA, and they're at home. Two against the White Sox. Oh yeah, two against. Yeah, I guess that's true. So they have yeah. five tough games in twenty, basically, and that's the Dodgers and White Sox. And we'll go back to Cardinals schedule here. The Cardinals have more tough games against the Brewers alone than the Reds do against any team. Yeah, against any team. And then we have three games against the Padres on top of the seven against Milwaukee. So we have 10, 10 hard games out of 20. And the Reds have five out of 20 that are hard. And I'm not even counting the Mets as a hard team right now. Yeah, and granted, those nine against Pittsburgh, you know, they'll probably come out like six, you know, six and three, something like that, just because, you know, Pittsburgh Cincinnati is a rivalry series or rivalry games, but still coming in six and three, you know. Cardinals got the Cubs for seven, so like. Yeah. It's going to be the same situation there. Yeah. And then let's just say you drop two out of three against the Dodgers. Right there is five losses in 15 games. Granted, they're probably losing more. Probably won't be how it is. But they, I would, they would still beat the beat the Cardinals and get into the playoffs. Yeah. So let's say they go six and three against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, they lose two to the Dodgers, lose one to the Nationals, and one to the White Sox. So that they've lost seven over the next 20. Yeah, I mean, 13 and 7, that's not bad at all. Yeah, Cardinals, let's say they lose one to the Mets, one to the Padres, and two to the Cubs in seven games. That's four losses. How many losses do we give the Reds? Seven? Mm-hmm. 
so basically the Cardinals would have to go four and three against the Brewers in that scenario, just to just to still come out a game short. They'd have to go five and two against the Brewers, basically. Yeah. So anyway, uh, to, yeah. That, that, right. I, don't, I don't think that's gonna happen. That's yeah, gonna that's, be, that's, that's gonna be quite. That's the problem with the Cardinals. It's not that they're not playing better right now. It's just who they have. Yeah. Yeah. Who they've got. The hole they've dug for themselves to this point in the season. Yeah. And then, so we'll we'll go back and review the Reds again from my point of view. Um, Noah mentioned Castellanos needs to be the ace. Um, but Molly um, has gone 11 and 5 for the team. So they're really stepping up behind him. Mm-hmm. Wade Miley has stepped up really well. He's got 2.89 ERA and a 12 and 5 record. Um, again, Noah mentioned the bullpen struggles, though. Um, he mentioned Devado getting up there in age, but they have they have really stepped it up on offense with the bringing in Castellanos. Yeah, uh, it's been mm-hmm. spectacular for them. Uh, Winker and Naquin, I think, are very special. I'm not the biggest India fan, but um, obviously he's in the Rookie of the Year conversation, so you have to give him respect for that. Um, Tyler Stevenson and Tucker Barnhart are both great catchers. Yeah, they both played very well this year. Played in over 100 games. And I think, like, if you asked any MLB team, any MLB team would be happy to have either of these guys as their catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the level that these guys play at. So, um, very good offensively there and defensively again with catchers. Um, but there are some some offensive pieces that are kind of letting them down. You'd like to see uh, Eugenio Suarez pick it up. Um, you know, that that's kind of hurt them. But, yeah, they're going to make – I think they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make that second wild card spot. Yeah, I don't um, know how – yeah. Yeah, what do you think they're going to do though, when they make the playoffs? Well, they'd be yeah, – they'd be they're playing the Dodgers game one. Yeah, it'd be the Dodgers or San Francisco. Uh, I don't, They're not going to make it out of the wild card series. I mean, that's no. pretty much – that's a given. I don't, I don't think they'd get – out of the wild card series. When have they ever made it out of the wild card series? That is, that's, that's true. If they, out, but, yeah, if they don't win, can't make it out. Yeah, Reds can't make it past the first round, and the Pirates can't make it past the wild card series. Yeah, that's the history there. But yeah, that moves us up to the top spot. Yeah, let's think. There's not really a whole lot to say about the Brewers. I mean, they're just not not in the terms of standings. No, I mean they're just. We can talk about what they're gonna do moving into the off season or moving into the playoffs. Yeah, that's. I mean, there's this team. Totally caught me by surprise this year. Yeah, I mean, I think you, me and you were talking before the season starting. Like, the Brewers are gonna be really good this year. I was like, "What are you talking about? When are the Brewers really good?" I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "They'll probably make the playoffs, but I, don't, I mean, they're not gonna be great." I was like, "They may win their division, but I mean, they, this team's played great all year." Yeah, it's basically at the top of our power rankings. Yeah, they've been tough. I think the first time we did it, we had both had a top five. But yeah, maybe. it's top crazy. Five, yeah. yeah. I think you you had them higher than I did. Probably. But yeah. Yeah. Um, the offense is a concern for me. Yeah. They look yeah. a lot like the the Rays did last year. Um, but I don't think it's gonna keep them out of the World Series. I think that's just gonna keep them from winning the World Series, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um they do have good spots on the offense more so than the the Rays did. That's what I think is going to get them past the Dodgers. They had uh, they have obviously El Garcia and Willie Adams uh, have, have stepped it up offensively. Um, Urias, Navarez behind the plate, Colton Wong, um, Tyrone Taylor. They've all been pulling offensively enough to just deliver for the team. We're going to talk a lot later about Christian Yelich. That is our next segment. Um, he's not as bad as you think. He's not Christian Yelich, but he's not the worst. Um, the eight home runs is what looks scary, um, but his 764 OPS is not not, not the worst in the world. Um, Lorenzo Cain, you'd like to see him produce more. And Jackie Bradley Jr. has been terrible since he's come. He's yeah. still found a way to play in 118 games. I don't know how, but – 
those are three outfielders that really, really need to fix, fix what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, though, they have Alvacel Garcia in the outfield, so yeah, they have one good outfielder out there. Um, the pitching staff, though, is what's insane and what makes them a World Series contender. Um, they have Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago. All three of these guys are still in the Cy Young conversation. Um, Hauser um, has the 3.4 ERA, and Lauer has a 3.6. So that's five guys in your rotation who have ERAs under four, and three of the five have ERAs under three. So that is about as good as you're going to find anywhere out there. Uh, Boxberger um, out of the bullpen has a 2.9 ERA and Devin Williams has been hot recently. He was on our team of the month as our reliever of the month for the national league. Um, Suter leads the whole, whole team and wins and he's a bullpen pitcher. Uh, he's a reliever I should say. Um, so you have a reliever who's just come in and the offense has just stepped up behind him in late games um, close spots. Josh Hader, we all know what he is. He's got the 1.4 ERA and Hunter Strickland with a 1.2. Like, that is the best bullpen in the league. Like, Hunter Strickland, Hader, Suter, Boxberger, and Devin Williams, that's five guys that on any other team would be probably your best reliever. Not to mention three Cy Youngs at the front end of the rotation. So, I mean, the Dodgers may have a match in the starting rotation. The Dodgers don't have a match in the bullpen, though. Yeah, that's. I mean, this is easily the best pitching staff in the league, or starters at least. Yeah. I mean, it's not even close at this point. I'd say you pretty much hit it all. I mean, I don't really have anything to add to that. Um, besides, yeah, it's a little bit like the – or it's pretty much the same as the race team last year. But, you know, these – these guys, who knows, they may just turn it on as soon as October starts and just, I mean, just start crushing the ball. Now, how likely is that? Who knows? I mean, they're all capable of it. I mean, we've all seen it. We've seen it there in the past. They've performed that in the past. Um, so, with that being said, here we got our standings. These are our predicted standings here. Got Milwaukee coming in, winning the division. Going to playoffs, you got Cincinnati snagging that second wild card spot and coming in second in the division. St. Louis, they're at third. Chicago, they're at four. And we've got Pittsburgh, they're at five. So here, that brings us up to our next segment here. Uh, it's kind of like a game. If you all remember that Yadier Baez game we did, somewhat similar to that, a little bit different. Uh, Bryson, you want to explain what the That's criteria true. was for this? Yeah, so we finished up our last segment talking about the Milwaukee Brewers. And what what else could we talk about now except Christian Yelich and what the heck is going on there? Um, so for this game, we're going to compare Christian Yelich to other left fielders in the game. And I believe Christian Yelich has about eight years left on his contract. Uh, crazy. So we've, he's 29 years old. So yeah. that's going to put him about 37. Uh, yeah, he's, he's signed through 2028, I believe. That's seven years. He has the option for 2029. But um, So we picked um, – I think we got like 10 outfielders here. Outfielders. Yeah, I think 10. we exclusively with left fielders. And everybody here is the same age as Yelich or younger. So we're not just picking every out, corner outfielder that could replace him. But we're just going to look. The game's called MVP or future MVP. Just going to try to compare who's going to have the better um, career for those next eight years. Yeah, so we'll get into it here. This first guy, uh, we got Joey Gallo. Uh, yeah. You know, this is a part, this is probably one of my favorite guys in the league right now. Uh, Not I'm, done well for the Yankees, though. Yeah, I'm a big Yankee guy, but. He goes through stretches. He'll have a game where he actually crushes the ball. Goes like three for three, four for four, two doubles, a home run. And then it's my dog barking, if you can hear that. Uh, Daisy's uh, entered the chat here. 
then yeah, and then he'll have a game where he goes like 0 for four with three strikeouts, like not even coming close to hitting the ball. Uh and this one, I'll probably take Yelich. I'll say Yelich has a has a better chance here. Yep. Uh, uh, Bryson, what about you? Who do you got here? Yep. So first, I want to run back through Christian Yelich um, and what he's done so far this season. Um, he has a 1.5 WAR on the season. 29 years old, as we said. Um, his OPS on the year is 105, 133 on his career. His runs above average is two. Uh, defensive run saves uh, this year, it's one, and career, zero on average per year. Um, so now in comparison with that with Gallo, Gallo obviously was hot for the first half. He had a 4.4 war. He's two years younger, which is a big deal here. Um, the 121 OPS uh, to yell at just 105 um, on the year. And his runs above replacement, 24 to yellow, just two. Defensive run saved. This is the big thing for me. Um, Gallo has saved 17 this year and 14 on the average of every year. Um, so I think Gallo is going to stay on top here. Um, I think this is just a matter of Yelich not popping back up. If Yelich popped back up to where he was having an OPS plus of 133 every year, he could take it. But I don't believe that's going to happen. I think he's going to stay in that lower 100 range to 120 range. And we see now Gallows in that 120 range. So I think, uh, I think Gallows got this one. I disagree with you, actually. Go with Gallo. Yeah. All right. We got our first disagreement here. All right. The next guy. This is one of your guys there, O'Neill. Yep. It's funny how we went um, your guy, your Yankee, to my guy, my Cardinal. Um, Tyler O'Neill, and this one may – I'm going to just give you the prediction right off the bat. I'm going with Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. Uh, O'Neill is 26 years old, so we now got three years younger than Christian Yelich. He's got a 4.8 war on the season, which is higher than um, Gallo even. Yeah. Uh, actually, that's the highest war we have on this list. Yeah, I would say it's the highest one, highest one we got. Yeah, he has an OPS plus of 140 this year. Um, obviously very young in his career, so his career numbers aren't that trustworthy yet, but he's mm-hmm. over 100 on his career. Um, runs above replacement, 34, which is, again, the highest. Uh, defensive run saved, again, in double digits with 13. So I think this one's pretty easy for me. I'm going with O'Neal. I think there's special things to come from this guy coming in the rest of his career for the next eight years. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. I mean, a big thing for me there is uh, age. You know, he's 26. You know, Yelich is thir- uh, 29, you know, pushing 30 there. Uh, runs against replacement there. Defensive runs, say, 13. You know, the runs against replacement there is 34. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, his career numbers aren't going to jump out at you. You know, he hasn't been in the league that long. But, yeah, this one's pretty easy for me as well, taking O'Neill. All right, that takes us up to our next guy here. Yes, we got Austin Meadows next, um, our third guy on this list. Um, he has he sports a 1.7 war to yell just 1.5. He's 26 years old, just like O'Neill. Um, he's having more of a down year this year than he has on career. Career, he has the OPS plus of 125. Um, runs above replacement, though. He's the only guy on this list with a negative number there. He's got negative three. And he's been very unproductive from the defensive point of view. Negative 13 runs per year this year. Negative 11 on his career. I would take Yelich on this one. I think Meadows is going to be very consistent. He's going to stick around that 117 OPS plus um, and can probably stay in the same spot defensively. Not a bad player, but that's just what you're going to get from him. And I think Yelich has the ability to step it back up higher than that level of play. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah, Meadows, he's a pretty solid player. You know, he'll be he'll stay in that range that he is now. He's not going to have a significant drop-off, I don't think. I think he'll be pretty consistent there. But, yeah, I'll have to take Yelich here as well. Um, you got a negative runs against replacement. 
you know, not really doing that much on defensive run save. They're at negative 13. His career is at a negative 11, you know, like you said. Uh, you know, his OPS, uh, you know, that 117 range, he'll stay about there. His career is 125. Uh, yeah, I mean, if Yelich wasn't down at a 105 this year, his career would be a little higher than the 133. So, yeah, it's pretty easy here to take Yelich. Yeah. We haven't really talked about that, Yelich. Um, and I'm going to get into his swing a little bit later once we finish this game. But he's he's actually had two down years since he broke his knee. Mm-hmm. Um, the COVID year and this year have both been very bad for him. Yeah. I mean, who knows? You know, and a knee is one of those injuries that's hard to come back and be like the same player you were before you got hurt. Yeah. Like I said, we'll get into that a little bit more in a moment. But next up, we have Randy at Rosarena. Now, this is – or sorry, Jesse Winker. I skipped. Yeah, I was like, oh shoot, can I go out of order? Yeah, um, Jesse Winker is next. Um, Jesse Winker with the two point seven WAR, so a point point two higher. Twenty eight years old, um, a one forty two OPS this year and a one twenty nine on his career. The OPS plus um, thirteen runs above replacement, and again, bad defense. A very similar flair to Austin Meadows. Um, two years older, but I think I think I trust him a little bit more offensively. It, do I trust him more than Yelich? I don't know that I do. I, this is a really hard one, but I think I would go with Yelich here. Again, they're so similar, a year apart in age. The OPS plus numbers career-wise are very close. Um, defense is worse on the part of Winker, but I think Yelich's name just has to carry him a little higher here. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with it here on this one. I'm going to take Winker. Just because, I mean, it seems like, you know, he's just now getting, you know, the recognition that he's, you know, playing really well. You know, name's finally getting out there a little bit. And, I, I mean, it's been two years since Yelich has had a really good year. Um. You know, and it seems like Winker's really starting to hit – not hit his stride because, you know, he's he's uh, 28 years old, but, you know, really starting to get noticed for what he's doing. Play, he's playing really well, you know, you know, offensively, you know, defensively. You know, it's, it's a little subpar in that area. But, you know, I'm going to have to take Winker on this one. So, we, we got two disagreements here in the four guys. That we'll have to – We'll have to see how many we disagree on here. Usually we think pretty similar on stuff like this, though. Yeah. This was a close one, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this one was a toss-up. This one is probably close than closer yeah. than most are going to be. All right, so now it's coming up to Arizona. Or, I, I never have to say his name. Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. Arizona, again, um, one of the younger guys on our list. We have the 25- and 24-year-old. Later on, but 26 is is very young in the league. A 3.6 WAR, and offensively, he has been insane in the league. Uh, a 134 OPS this year, and a 140 on his career. So he's been better than Yelich. Uh, 18 runs above replacement, and then very average on defensive run saved two and three this year and on his career. Uh, just you know, holding his own on defense. Um, I would take a Rosarena here. We got a younger guy, and we have a guy that's already putting up numbers higher than Yelich. And I think I think Rosarena's got a lot of great things to come. We saw obviously what he did last year in the playoffs for the Rays was massive. So that that's the guy that you're going to get for the career. I would take him. Yeah, I, I agree with you here on this one. I mean, he's just he's younger. He's already putting up better numbers. Um, you know. I mean, his offense, he's already at a 134 OPS plus. OPS plus career is at the 140s. You know, both of those are higher than Yelich. 18 runs against replacement. Um, and then, you know, two runs saved a year, and then his career is at three. Um, now, this is a guy that's been, he's been in the league or been in and out of the league there. Uh, 
I believe he's still considered to be a rookie, even though he's played a hundred and some games. I think this is his first full season in Tampa. So, which I still think that's weird that you're considered a rookie like that. I mean, he's played. I mean, he's gone through the like the September call-ups. He went through that with the Cardinals, yeah. and then he got pulled up late late season with the Rays last year, and so he has been around for a little while, but. Yeah. Still very young in the league and considered a rookie. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll have to take him. You know, I think he's I think he's gonna be an absolute stud in the league. Um I think he's yeah, he's gonna have big things there in Tampa. So that brings us up here to our next guy and Austin Hayes. Yep. So Austin Hayes at 26 years old. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty clear one that he is not going to be a Christian Yelich. He has the LPS plus of 98. Um, his runs above replacement are just above Yelich with three on the year. It's, he's, I mean, he's playing better than Yelich this year, but again, this is a matter of Yelich isn't going to be like this forever. Like this is a downtime for Yelich, but Yelich is going to play better than this. Yelich may not get back to his MVP state, but he's going to play better than this. Um, so I don't think we can take Hayes here. At least I can't. Yeah, I can't either. I mean, I, I got to take Yelich here. Yeah. Yelich is having a bad year. So, of course, Hayes is going to be playing better. He's playing better than him this year. But for a career, nah. Yeah. Not at all. That was pretty easy. There's not much to be said there on that one. It is interesting, though, that the Orioles do have a, a good left fielder, though, in their organization, and he's going to have a good career, though. So, Yeah, that's very true. It's good to see them having a bright spot in that, uh, in that future that they have there. Yeah. So, All right, so now that's going to take us up to Chase McCormick. Chaz. Yeah, Chaz McCormick here. So he actually has a lower war. Yelich this year. He's got a 104. Um, his OPS plus this year is on. He's actually identical with Yelich. It's the same. The war, the war and the OPS are so close. The runs above replacement are four and two. So again, very close there. Uh, McCormick is a little better on defense. Uh, this is another example, though, of a very young guy, and that's why he's in this discussion. But I think he lands ultimately where Austin Hayes is. Um, with, with McCormick and Hazel, it may just be a matter of they're so young. We just don't know yet. Yeah. Like they haven't played, haven't played as At much games. You can't say they're better than Yelich for the next eight years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, but these guys may like put, have numbers that blow Yelich out of the water, but I mean, there's, just, it's just way too early. They haven't played enough games. McCormick's so. rookie year, so. Yeah. Like we haven't seen enough out of him to be able to really tell Hey, this guy's going to be this. I mean, it's going to take probably till next season, maybe the season after that, to really gauge where these guys are at. But it is interesting. His numbers are basically identical to Yelich on the year, though. So, yeah, that, that is pretty interesting as you point that out. Yeah. So, that's going to bring us here to the next guy. Yes, so we got the Red Sox, we got Alex Verdugo. With a 2.5 war, so a whole point, a whole game above Yelich. Um, this is a 25 year old. So now we are, this is our first guy below the age of 26. Um, he has a 110 OPS plus, obviously very young. So we're not going to, you know, his career numbers are basically the same at this point. Uh, his runs above replacement are five to Yelich's two. Uh, defensive runs saved, um, which is above average, you know. Uh, Verdugo is another interesting one. Um, again, this is the guy we're going back another year younger. His numbers aren't that much better than Yelich's, but I think I, he's better than McCormick and Hayes already yes. while being a year younger. And so for that reason, I do think I could put him above Yelich maybe. Yeah, you can make, you can make a solid argument for that. Because where McCormick and Hayes had basically identical numbers to Yelich, Verdugo's are actually a little better. And while I think Yelich will improve, Verdugo's obviously going to improve just because of age. Mm -hmm. So I think Verdugo's the take here. 
Yeah, and this one's right. this one's tough for me. I mean, this one's a real. Uh, yeah, I mean, just with that age, I'm gonna have to take, you know, Verdugo there. I mean, the numbers are a little bit better. He's significantly younger. I mean, he's four years younger. Uh, so he's not going to be at the end of eight years. He's not, he's going to be, you know, 34. Is that about right now? Yeah, he'll be about 33. You know, Yelich is going to be, you know, 37. Yeah, I'll probably take Vertigo there on that one, just since his numbers, you know, are already a little bit better. Age. Yeah, I mean, that, that one was a little tough for me. I don't know why. Yeah. But, all right. It's, it's hard when you, we're pulling young guys that we just haven't seen and we're trying to say, yeah, yeah they're going to be there for the next eight years. It's almost an impossible prediction to make, but it's fun to do. So we'll do yeah. It. yeah, exactly. And Yelich's name holds such, like, I don't want to say like a high standard. But, but he you did. know Whereas these young guys, there's so many young guys that come in strong and then never make it. Like, yeah, like they'll have the first three, four years of their charisma be great, and then they fall off significantly. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's going to take us up to our next guy here. And Jake Fraley, you know, there for Seattle. Yeah, so we got a Mariner now. Um, this is another guy, the numbers, he's 26 years old been in the league for a little while so his career numbers are dragged down but he has really turned himself around recently so i'm going to show you what i mean by like by that his ops plus this year is 113 but his career is 88 that's a massive jump his defensive run saved this year is 11 and his career per year is negative 23 so we have seen massive improvements with fraley in the direction that he's going um, again, 26-year-old. Um, I do think, though, he may be capped where he is just because of the massive jump that he's made in his career. I think he's always going to be in that 113 OPS plus area. Mm-hmm. He's always going to be in that eight runs above replacement, like 10, bu- 10 runs above replacement zone. Yeah, between eight and 11. Yeah. I think Yelich is going to jump into the 120 OPS zone. So I think Yelich is going to get back above him here. Yeah, I yeah I agree with you there. I'll take Yelich here on this one as well. Um, yeah, I mean he's twenty six years old there, Fraley. Uh, you know he he had that huge step. You know, like he said, you know one thirteen OPS plus this year. He's at the career it's down to eighty eight. Yeah. Um, I mean that's pretty significant there. You know he'll be he'll be in that runs by replacement eight between eight and eleven, I think, somewhere around in that general vicinity. Yeah. Uh, defensive run save. Seattle, but I think yeah, he, jump here this year is going to be where he stays for most of his career. Yeah, there's. I mean, you can't just make that big of a jump and then keep moving up. I mean, it's that's something that's real tough. I mean, especially because his career runs uh, or his Defensive run save this year's at eleven, and his career's at negative twenty-three. I so. think he's made. I mean, he obviously spent a lot of time in the offseason working on his defense because he knew that was something he needed to fix. So he did a good job on that. So, all right, and then yeah, so I got to get Yelich here. So then that'll take us up to our next guy here at El Elro. I can never say his name either. Hello, Jimenez. Yes. Yeah, yeah so uh, his war is going to be lower because he has not played the full season. So that's kind of how war works. It just accumulates over the season. So well, we won't hold that against him. The massive thing for him is he's 24 years old. So eight years is going to land him at the age of only 32. Yeah. Basically in the same age range as what Yelich is now. Exactly. Um, his OPS plus and this year is a 120. Again, he's basically a rookie, not quite a rookie. You know, he's 122 OPS career. It's like the career numbers aren't going to be that different for him. Um, or is he a rookie? He actually might be a rookie, I think. 
Yeah, it's either his rookie or his second year. I know he played some last year. I just I never know if he played enough to qualify him. Yeah. Um, his runs above replacement are four. Um, again, like that accumulates over the season, so that's not a fair comparison. But he's already got higher than Yelich, having played significantly less than Yelich. Um, yes. Defensive run saved is 14, so he obviously does a good job on defense. I think, I think Eloy is headed for stardom in his career. Um, he is a massive part of the White Sox offense, and he's going to make a massive impact as this team tries to make a World Series run. So I would take Eloy all day today over Yelich. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, the thing that really jumps out at me is his age range. I mean, you know, eight years is going to take him to the age range that Yelich is in now, that 29 to 32, 20, 28 to 32 yeah. age range there. Um, yeah. 24-year-old who's doing basically what Yelich did on an average year in his career if he played yeah. the whole year. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, this one's pretty easy to me, I think. Uh, just from that age range, uh, the numbers, yeah, the numbers he's already putting up now. Uh, yeah, so that's going to take us up there to our next guy. Who this one, you know, guys about the same age, or they are the same age at 29 apiece. Yeah, this is an interesting one, though. Connor Joe for the Rockies, he's a 29 year old rookie. Yeah, obviously, um. Has just jumped out this year, though. And the thing for me is his numbers are his war is identical to Yelich. His OPS plus is higher than Yelich. Obviously, we can't look at career because he's a rookie. Um, his runs above replacement are nine, which is actually one of the higher. That's as high. Nine runs above replacement. We haven't said no for anybody with runs above replacement that high at this point. Um, 20 defensive runs saved on the year, though. So this is a, this is an interesting one. It's a guy that didn't even make it to the league until age 29. Yeah. But I I think Yelich's name will carry him here. But I just yeah. I'm really excited for this guy that yeah, he has made it to the career and now he's playing better than Christian Yelich, and he's yeah. having a great year. Yeah, he's having a great year this year. Yeah, and it's definitely interesting. You know, he didn't get pulled to call it up you know, until he's 29. You know, that, at that point, you know, a lot of teams won't pull you up if you're that old because you're not going to play it. Especially or, a team that's not running of anything, you know. Exactly. I mean, the Rockies aren't playing for anything. So, I mean, I guess they're like, hey, who cares? Let's pull this guy up. Let's see what he can do. I mean, and he's playing He's playing very well. Yeah, he's obviously having a better year than Yelich is this year, you know, in every stat category. He's having a better year. Yeah. And he's having better stat category than a lot of guys. I think he's actually yeah. got the most runs saved on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, the runs above replacement, the only guys that haven't beat are Arosa Reina, Winker, O'Neill, and Gallo. So yeah. he's fifth out of all these guys. Yeah, I mean, it's just, that's crazy to me. Yeah. So PS plus 117 is higher than a lot of guys. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited. Rosarena, Winker. Yeah, it's basically the same range of guys that are above him. Yeah, I mean, this guy. I mean, top, five right, top five left fielder this season right here. Yeah, I mean, a 29-year rookie, I mean, that's not something you see, you know, every year. So, yes, I'm excited to see how, the, how he ends up turning out. Um, yeah. I mean, so – the one last thing, then now that we've gone through all of our guys, one last thing I want to say about uh, Christian Yelich, just want to kind of break down his swing. And I don't have video to do this with, obviously, because this is a podcast, so I can't do that. But um, kind of his struggles um, started, you know, after he broke his knee. It wasn't so much COVID, um, but it was the broken knee, and his weight has shifted. And if I had a video, I could point out how it shifted, but. Um, the way he stands in the box is a little more upright now than what he used to be. He doesn't have the bend in his knee that he used to. And then his hands, his hands have always wrapped around the back of his head a little bit, but he's always had such good timing with the weight of his body. It hasn't really mattered. And since he's broken his knee, he has not gotten that timing back. Uh, and his hands with his hands wrapping, it's made his hands um, late getting to the ball. 
he has been that's been his main struggle um, is that reaction that timing has not been back for him yet so he's been a guy that's been hitting it without his timing for almost two years now yeah and i mean and once you get out of here that timing for that long it's real hard to get back yeah um, i mean especially with a knee injury like that i mean yeah I mean, a broken knee is not just something i mean it's not like a sprained ankle or something like yeah. that i mean he i was such a great that he was able to make up with his hands. Um, they wrapped a little bit more, but he was able to pull him through the zone so fast. And now, now with his, the way his weight shifts and, and weighs more upright, he doesn't have the ability to do that anymore. Yeah, he's got to, he has to drag his hands down a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, it takes too much time. He's going to He's always to... done that, but he's always been able to get away with it till now. Yeah. But you'll have to reposition his hands, figure that out. But yeah. I think that's a change that he's not going to be able to make to the offseason. It's not he's not going to click in the playoffs. No. If there's fans out there that are saying, oh, well, he may he may come on first in the playoffs, but it's not, I don't think that's a switch that he can make that quickly. But I mean he may have a stretch of he may have a series or two where he hits really well, but it's not going to last the entire playoffs. Like yeah, he's not- but right, so that takes us that that- up our Second segment, um, we want to let you guys know, again, we do have uh, merch out. I have on the hat right now. Noah has on the hoodie. Uh, I think they look really fire. we got T-shirts as well. Uh, we're going to get some pictures out on the Instagram. Um, DM us. Uh, if you want something, we will get you hooked up. I think that's yeah. about all we got for the show. So that's Noah Whiskey. This is Bryson French, and you guys listen to The Third Out. Thank you guys, and uh, join us next Friday.